0: Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. Shana Tova, best wishes for a healthy, happy, and peaceful year for you, for all of us. I hope that Rosh Hashanah was meaningful. I hope that the process of tshuva, the process of repentance and returning, which we are all intend to engage in during this particular time of year especially, has been productive for you and has been meaningful for you and life-changing in its own way, big ways or small ways, because that's really what the High Holidays are intended to be about. In this episode of the podcast, I want to share with you a Devar Torah, a sermon that I delivered to the congregation a few years ago, before the Yizkor, the memorial service on Yom Kippur. Such an important part of the Yom Kippur ritual is this Yizkor service, and this sermon was one of my favorites that I gave before Yizkor, as I did most every year. Perhaps you might, if you, have, if you know you're going to have time before Yom Kippur, you, perhaps you might want to delay listening to the podcast until a little bit closer to the holiday, so that the words that I say will remain in your mind as we observe Yizkor. But one way or the other, I want to share with you this sermon. It is about Shuva repentance but it is more about memory. Every so often, like most of you, I'm sure, I have an uncontrollable desire to clean up my computer. I start deleting old emails, which I know don't take up too much space anyway. And then I start to delete files, which I know really don't get deleted anyway. And after a while, I just throw up my hands and say, I have better things to do. I then declare whatever is left as hefcare. care. Which means, according to Jewish law, I pretend they don't exist or at least that I'm not going to worry about them. And then I go back to doing something much more worthwhile. The process that I just described is actually the same process we go through on the night before the Seder each year when we engage in the ritual of Bidikat Hametz, searching for the chametz By the light of a candle, which evokes the ancient origins of the ceremony, we search around the house for any remaining pieces of leaven which survived our cleaning and which we feel must be removed before the holiday starts. To make sure that the search is not in vain, we even take some pieces of bread and put them out to be found by candlelight, hoping that we remember where we put each one. At some point, we decide that we've searched enough and then make a declaration that whatever is left behind is hefker, ownerless and worthless, like the dust of the earth, and get on with the most important business of preparing for the Seder. Now, there's an old Talmudic debate about why we use a candle for the search. Actually, it isn't much of a debate, since everyone in the Talmud seems to agree as to the reason, but an opposite reason is raised and then rejected. And I think if the rabbis really didn't want us to even consider the other reason, they wouldn't have raised it in the first place, even to just reject it so it deserves some serious consideration. The generally accepted reason for the use of a candle is to enable us to see into the cracks in a wall or in the floor, to be able to shine a light directly on the smallest crumbs of leaven and identify them so that the house is not polluted by a stray rice crispy or two over the holiday. However, the other explanation, the one which is dismissed out of hand by the Talmud, is one which I find more compelling in a way, This explanation relates the use of a candle to a verse from the prophets which says that God searches the hearts of people by candlelight. And some of the commentaries say that this means that God doesn't shine a bright light onto us which would expose the most minute of sins, but rather judges us with a small candle shining a dim light which would only catch the big things, only identify the glaring sins and which passes over the minor indiscretions, the individual weaknesses which we all have and which God understands. Thus says this interpretation, we use a candle precisely so that we don't see the small pieces of hametz, only the big ones. As for the small pieces, we just shrug our shoulders, accept their existence, and don't obsess about them. Rather, we declare them hefker and get back to the more important aspect of the moment, preparing for the Seder. Too much worry about the stray kram of chametz distracts from what is really important. So we have two explanations. One which says the candle is used to spotlight small things. The other which says the candle is used to ignore those smallest things so that only the biggest things may be recognized. Now many rabbis make a comparison between cleaning out the chametz and the entire process of tshuva, repentance. Searching for and cleaning away the chametz is likened to searching for and clearing and cleaning our sins. In that sense, I believe that both of these images concerning the candle are important. We do need to hold the candle that we use to see ourselves close enough to catch those small things that are often most damaging in our lives and in our relationships with others. But we can't become so obsessed with our minor failings that we miss the big picture. In that case, holding the dim candle up makes sure that we concentrate as well on the things which are most easily seen. Both are important. The big pieces and the little crumbs. And now we turn to Yizkor, to the memorial service. As we prepare to remember those who are in our hearts and minds always, we prepare to once again shine a candle, as it were, on our memory. And by that dim candlelight, what stands out are the big things. The overriding values, the ideals that our parents, grandparents, parents, spouses, partners, siblings, children, dear friends stood for. We think out about our relationship with them in global terms, shining a candlelight which allows the major issues and general feelings to stand out. But then, we must do something else. We must take that candle and shine it into the cracks of our memory. For each person we remember, we must search for and find those little crumbs of memory. The ones we think ought to have been deleted long ago, losing their place in our brain to more important, more vital things. But these crumbs stubbornly refuse to leave. These are small crumbs of memory which might to others seem insignificant, but which have never left us through all of the years of adding and deleting memories. Perhaps it's the sound of a person's voice saying their favorite expression. The smell of their house. The feel of the stubble of their beard on our face. A gesture. A facial expression. Perhaps it's one moment in time we spent with that person. A moment which was not dramatic, not earth-shaking, not memorable to anyone but ourselves, which we have never been able to shake the one specific crumb of memory which continues to stubbornly stay with us even after all these years. So this year, as you say the Yuzgur prayer for each of those people you remember, I invite you to proceed each prayer with the following blessing. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, who has enabled me to remember and then as specific as you can possibly be, Add the smallest crumb of memory you can remember of the person whose memory you honor. It will place this entire Yuska tradition in a new light, candlelight, and it will remind us once again of the precious gift of memory, which resides in the smallest cracks and crevices of our minds, and in our lives. These crumbs are not hefker. They are neither ownerless nor meaningless. They are ours. And we will never sweep them away. They will always have the most meaning. And shining the candle into the cracks of our memory can bring them all right back to us. And these are most certainly for a blessing. Gemara Chatima May this Yom Kippur be a day of meaning, of memory, of commitment, and of hope for a better year guided by the memories of those whom we love. Shana Tova. Until the next time, thank you.